Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Welcome to the podcast of the Kadesh Family Church, Newark Branch, a place where Jesus resides. Our main goal and purpose is to provide the solid foundation of Bible-based teachings for our day-to-day living. Preached to you by our residing pastor, Reverend Dr. Charles Osset. We hope you are blessed by the Word of God, and may your life never be the same. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away because all things are becoming new. Hallelujah. So the fact that you see the Bible said that if any man is a new creature, just by English language, the fact that something is new means that it must be an old. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. The fact that something is new, it means a new car. It means there was an old car. A new job. It means there was an old job. A new house. It means there was an old house. A new beloved. It means there was an old beloved. So once you hear the word new, there's an old. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. It means before, it, it means that there was an old creature. Hallelujah. It means there was an old creature. Hallelujah. And last week I gave you briefly about the old creature that God formed and breathed into it. And man became a living soul. And the old creature got spoiled because of sin. Sin contaminated the old creature. Because God told, God told Eve that the day, he told Adam, he didn't tell Eve, he told Adam that the day you eat the fruit, you will die. He told Adam. That, and when you, when you give that instruction to Adam, the day that you eat the fruit, you will die. But when the devil came, he did not come to Adam, he came to Eve. And the devil told Eve, has God said, what did God say? Had God said? And he said, he said that we should not touch it. And I find it very strange. This is by the way. Because if it was not there when God gave the instructions to Adam. So I was, I was expecting that if in the way, if she said that I wasn't sure what he told my husband, so wait for my husband. But if being a 20th century woman, <laughs> being a 21st century woman, who thinks she knows everything? Because when the story was given, she was not there. But, but as soon as they, he said, no, God said we should not eat, no, even touch it, which was a lie. God didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. God did not tell them not to touch it. But if answer to the devil was that, he said that we should not even eat it, nor touch it. No, God did not say that. And sometimes that's what happens when people are not there and they are reporting. We will not have had all this problem if, if, if only if have said. Like Reverend Baden told me one, uh, Reverend Baden told me, Reverend Baden told me one time that the Bible said God created the, the whole world in six days and rested on the seventh day. That's what the Bible says. Then after that, God created Eve. And since then, neither man nor God has rested. <laughs> um, it's a word. Because he created the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. Then it was after that that she created woman. 
And the Bible, <laughs> and the Bible says, since then, neither God nor man. Hallelujah. So there's an old creation which obviously by the effect of sin because God said the day you eat you will die. And I want to tell you that the day man ate the fruit, man died. Hallelujah. God was not lying. God said that the day that you eat of the tree you will die. And God was not lying and they died. The question is how did they die? That's why I want to explain how did they die? You see, Sin has an effect on the spirit. Sin, ha- ma- uh, sin has an effect on the spirit, the soul, and the body. So the death here God was referring to was that was the, the separation of man from God. Because man is a spirit. Let me tell you something. The real you is a spirit. Because I would say that he formed man from the dust, breathed into him, and man became a living soul. The breath is the spirit of God. The dust is your flesh. As for your flesh, is dust. Your flesh is dust. That is why the only salvation for this flesh is in the new Jerusalem. The Bible says, when Paul said that this corruptible shall put on incorruptible. So whether you are born again or not born again, your flesh is flesh. It is created from dust. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? And dust is dust. So, it means that no matter who you are, your flesh has a tendency to disgrace you. Because it's dust. It's dust. That thing is made from dust. It's made from dust. That's why David said that he knows my frailty. He knows my weakness. So as for your flesh, it's dust. It is corruptible. For this, so, so Paul said that for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. That is at after, after, after the, after the resurrection. But until now, until now, so there's a good reason why Apostle Paul, the great apostle, I keep my flesh under. It means that no matter who you are, if you look at the breast, it will, whether you were born again or whether you were pope. <laughs> I'm preaching to you. It will shake you. No matter whether, whether you are a saint, whether you are reverend, whether you are a deacon, if you look at it, it will shake you. <laughs> so you are speaking in tongues. It will not protect you from... So, so your best therapy, don't look. Because if you look, it will shake you. And nowadays, it's not only breast that shakes. I've considered... To see that some sisters are also being shaken by six pack. <laughs> I'm preaching to you. I thought the only problem was the breast, but now I'm getting to that the six pack and the, and the bone and the clean look is also a problem for some sisters. So, 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 don't invite him in the summer. 
to come and fix your air condition for you when he comes in the six pack and his t-shirt, it will affect you. <laughs> yes, you may be a prayer warrior, but your flesh is still flesh. You want somebody to repair your computer for you? Get some geek guy with glasses. <laughs> As you see him come to fix the computer, he's working like this. (laughs) Is somebody hearing me? So, but the effect of sin is that it led to the death of the man who was cut away from God. Hallelujah. So, you are dead when you are separated from God. And let me tell you something. God is a spirit. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and lives in the body. What I want to share with you is that the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, the spiritual world is more real than the physical. That's what, that's what I want to share with you this morning. The spirit realm is more real. I mean, you think about it. You think about it. God is a spirit. He lives in the spiritual realm. And you think God's, where God lives is rather artificial and where you live is real? Let's think about it carefully. It means the real realm is the spiritual realm. Not the physical. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived at all. Because God is a spirit. And the real you is a spirit. So what is more real is the spiritual realm, not the physical realm. This is temporal. This is, this is very temporal. It's like a baby. It's like a baby in a womb. The maximum pregnancy is nine months. Can you imagine if the baby thinks that the real world is the nine months? No. If the baby thinks that, oh, this is the real world. No. It's just a temporary nine months. So compared to your life of 70 years on earth and nine months, you can see that nine months is nothing. That's why the Bible says that we shall live in eternity because compared to your 70 years on earth and the spiritual realm, which is long, it is eternity. So the real world is the spiritual realm. And that's where God is. So, when, so God said that when man die, it means you are cut off from God. Hallelujah. So you and I are cut off. That is why, that is why I shared with you last week. So when Jesus came, the Bible said he came to save us from our sins. Hallelujah. He came to save us from our sins. In fact, he came to save us from our sins. His name shall be called Jesus. And he, he, and he shall save his people from their sins. So that we can be reconciled back to God. Hallelujah. So when we read that whole scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's go back and read it again. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's read the whole scripture. He said that, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Verse 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled, in English language, reconciled as to himself by Jesus Christ. It means the only way we can be restored back to God is through Christ. 
this is what some people have a problem with. Are you saying that there, there's no, I mean, I mean, there are no other ways? I'm sorry. They, from the Bible that I read, there's, there's only one way to salvation. The man Jesus Christ. Reconciliation to God does not come through any deity but Christ. And you can call me narrow-minded on that. I will accept it. And any other alternatives, I don't know about it. This is what I know. Reconciled by himself, by Christ. And had, and, and after you are, you are saved, now I'm talking about you, after you have saved, they, they, he gives you the ministry of reconciliation. After he has reconciled you and I to himself, now he has given us, Fred, the ministry of what? Reconciliation. So you are a minister. And you are a minister for reconciliation. And this is, and, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately, instead of some born again Christians, we carry this ministry of reconciliation. We have become ministers of gossip. And ministers of dispersion. Our activity is supposed to reconcile the world back to God. Not to separate people from the church. Not to drive away people from the church. Are we ministers of reconciliation or ministers of dispersion? Yeah, it's a good place to put your hands for the Lord. Our activities are supposed to. You see, and, and sometimes, you see, when, when you are a pastor and you are exhibiting that character, then people think that you are endorsing sin. Sometimes people ask me, Reverend, but this lady, I say, look, my, my duty here is not to condemn the person. The mistake he has done is already. So what is the use in me yelling at the person for the person to go away? That's no use. My purpose is to reconcile the person back. So the fact that she fornicated and I asked her to sing in the choir does not mean I'm endorsing fornication. The fornication, whether I say she should sing or not sing, she will do it anyway. So what is the... <laughs> It's not an endorsement at all. Because if I suck her, she won't come at all. I'm not here to condemn reconciliation. Giving us to us. But it does not mean I'm. You see, when you forgive people and you, you allow people, it, it does not mean you are condoning. That's the difference. See, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their see, not imputing their trespasses on them. Are you understand what I'm saying? Not imputing, not not highlighting their mistakes. We are not here to highlight people's mistakes. Let me tell you, I am not here to highlight people's mistakes. I am not here to highlight people's mistakes. I am not here to highlight people's mistakes. People have mistakes, and that's not my job to paint it. That's not my job at all. Not imputing the trespass on them. My jo- our job here is not to highlight. Hell, he, he did this. He did that. That's not my job. How does it help anyway? I'm asking you. How does it help? Hey, Reverend, tell this person. Hey, Reverend, do you know this person in the church? Do you know that he owes me and he hasn't paid? Reverend, do I, how does it help? Well, if you owe, when you were giving me the money, was I there? <laughs> you didn't ask me when you were 
the money. So you are calling me that now I should become an IRS. Change, your, change people for your debt. I will not chase anybody for your money today nor tomorrow. My job is reconciliation, not a debt collector. <laughs> anyway, give me a ladder. Did you call me before you came? So why are you not calling me to? Not imputing their trust unto them and had committed unto us the word of, see, everyone say the word of reconciliation. I want to hear again, the word of reconciliation. So, the word here is the word of reconciliation. That's what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. The word of reconciliation. The word of bringing people together. Not the word of separating people. Hallelujah. The word of reconciliation. Continue. Now then, we now then we are ambassadors for Christ. What are we? What are we? And an, an, an ambassador has only one job. The job of an ambassador is to represent the interest of the country. Just in case you don't know. If you are not an ambassador, I'm telling you. Or you are not an ambassador, you don't know. But the ambassador has only one job. The ambassador is never there to represent his interests. The ambassador, when you are sent as an ambassador, so that so that so so Ghana ambassador to the US, whoever he or she may be, has only one job to represent the interests of the Akufuado government. That's it. If he or she does not do it, they will call him back. So if the Akufuado government said that look, IMF is good, we are going for IMF. He cannot go and say that I don't agree. He has to go and preach the same message. That's because that's what you don't know. Because you are you have to represent. An ambassador is never to represent your, your interests. The US ambassador in Ghana represents Joe Biden. Not yes, he does not even he does not even represent Trump. That's why when people come, they pick up their own ambassadors. Because if you cannot represent me, I won't pick you. Hallelujah. So an ambassador does not represent his interests. So, the Lord said, we are ambassadors of Christ. It means that we are supposed to represent the interest of Christ. And the interest of Christ is what the Bible says. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. But he sent his son that through him the world might be saved. Jesus Christ, I came into the world to save sinners. So the interest of Jesus Christ is the salvation of sinners, not the building of boreholes. The interest of Jesus Christ is not to build universities. Are you somebody hearing me? The interest of Jesus Christ is not to have bazaars. He has only one interest to save people from their sin. So if you are an ambassador for Christ, then you must represent the interest of Christ. You must save people from their sins. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the interest of Christ. Okay. Ambassador for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, 
We pray you in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled to God. Amen. So, what God is telling us that look, as Christians, we have only one job. We are ambassadors. And an ambassador represents, represents, represents the intent of the home government. Oh yeah. I know some ambassadors who have been recalled before. I know. Because they refuse to follow the instructions of the home government. And what you don't know, I don't know much about politics. But I think, I think to be appointed an ambassador, it's basically the sole prerogative of the president. I'm not sure, but I think that's what it is. I don't think you can write an exam and say, I qualify to become an ambassador. Is it, is it something like that? Those of you who are politicians, is that what it is? Yeah, I can go. <laughs> is it like that? Is it like you, this person qualifies? Huh? You write an exam for that? That is why, if you are become the president, it means that all his friends can say, Minister for this, it's, it's, it's purely who he wants to represent. I don't think there's really, honestly, I'm not sure, I don't know, but I don't think there's any real qualification. That's not right. No, that's not. Yeah. Because you are chosen for one purpose. I must know that I can trust this person, and this person can represent my interest. That's what it is. So it also means. If you don't represent my interest, I'll pull you back. Isn't that what it means? It means if you don't represent my interest, what? I'll pull you back. So you are an ambassador for Christ. Tell anybody you are an ambassador for Christ. So you must represent Christ's interest. If you don't represent his interest, tell the person you know the answer already. <laughs> So, what is the interest? And the interest of Christ is soul winning. And so I'm going to give us reasons why you must be a soul winner. Just based on this background. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, from verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28. And Jesus, once again, the one who we are representing. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power. Is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Go and teach, baptize, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, and lo, this is the best I want you to show, and lo. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. See, this is where I want you to get it clear. He said, I gave you something to do. Go teach. Go preach. Go tell people. If you do that, if you do that, then you are guaranteed of my presence. And lo, I'm with you. Nikki, are you hearing me? It says, you, 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 can, you, you can guarantee, you are guaranteed of my presence. If you go and do this. It means if you don't go and do this, don't expect my presence. So, if you, it means if you don't do what I've told you to do, don't expect my presence. What 
I'm sharing with you, you see, I'm not sharing with you. You see, it's not even about even bringing people to church. Telling people about Christ is what I'm talking about. Go. If you do this, then you are guaranteed of my presence. But if you, you see, so sometimes, sometimes it's interesting how we come to church. Oh Lord, I need your presence. Follow. You need my presence. Have you, have you done what I told you to do? I need your presence. What, what does that the song go? Let, huh? Let it rain. Huh? Pour your rain. Huh? Let it fall on me. Meanwhile, you have no, your next door neighbor, the guy, you have no witness. He said, I cannot be with you. Go. If you do this, I am guaranteed. Listen to me. I'm preaching to a Christian. It's not even saying bring someone. It's not even about bringing someone to church. It's about making sure that somebody is saved. That's all. If you do this, for this is why I came, then you are guaranteed of my presence. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There is something about God. There is something about God. Or there's something about, let me see, there's something about presence. There's something about presence that no matter who you are, no matter what the circumstances, who you are with makes a difference. Presence! Who is with you? Who is with you makes a big difference. Why do you think that Moses said, Lord, if your presence does not come with me, don't send me. If your presence does not come with me, don't send me. And God said, no, my presence. Let's look at that that verse in uh, Exodus. He said, if your presence does not come, don't send me. Because Moses knew the effect of the presence. Moses knew the effect. Look, I have been in situations. He said, and he said unto him, if thy presence, Moses, God gave Moses a job. And Moses said, and, and he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, don't, don't send me at all. Don't. I don't want to go. Next verse. Go to the next verse on the scripture. For wherein shall it be known that I have, we, we your people have found grace in thy sight. It's not that thou goest with us and we shall be separated, blah, 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 and of the Let me know what God's answer. You go. Oh, why is the thing off? Okay. The Lord, okay, and the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this also. Thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight. That's my presence. And I know thee by name. Continue. And he, he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make my goodness pass. This is my presence before thee. And I, and, 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 and I will uh, proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious unto whom. And I will be gracious and I will show you mercy. And whom I will show you mercy. He's talking about the things that come out of his presence. He said, when my presence comes, I'll show you grace. When my presence comes, you see mercy. When my presence comes, you see my glory. Once I'm with you, you are guaranteed of grace. Once I'm with you, you are guaranteed of mercy. Once I'm with you, you are, you are gar- guaranteed of my glory. So, so, there is nothing, look, the presence of God, 
You can't, you can't beat it. Traveled different people before in life, you know. I've traveled with different people in life, and I've come to see that the presence of who you are with makes a difference. Hallelujah! Yeah, I've gone to I've gone to Ghana before, you know, on, on, on several occasions, you know. And the way I go through immigration always has to do who I'm with. Oh yeah. There are times that, that I've been to a crowd. When I get there, I hustle like everybody. <laughs> Carrying my trolley. Going through that departure thing. Even one time they stole my iPad. And I was, I was with somebody whose presence did not make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> but there are also some times that I've been there. Right from the plane. As soon as I got down, the, the plane touches down. There is, a limp, there is a car right at the door. I get up from the staircase, straight into the car, straight into the VIP lounge. They pick up my boarding pass. They say, your luggage will meet you in the car. Hey, who are you with? Hey, who are you with? <laughs> That's the difference. The same person. Me, the same person. Me, the same person. With some people, I get my iPad stolen. <laughs> and with some people, they say, your luggage. Everything. They just take my body pass. And I just sit down. To the VIP lounge. You sit down, they bring you coffee, tea. You chat. You cross your leg. They say, chief, everything ready. Can we go, sir? And my thing is met. The same person. The same person. Like, but who are you with? Yeah. Recently, I was at a function at a family member. And it is a very important family member. And we were all there. But because of who I was with, as soon as we got there, they say, it, it was a function, you know how there's a function, there's a, a yard and everybody's eating. They say, oh no, because of who I was with, I was taken to a special room. The same family member, who doesn't give a squat? <laughs> so we're served in a private place. Then the person who I was with, when he left, they brought me out of that. <laughs> so you could see that the treatment was not because of me. <laughs> Back to the real life. <laughs> I knew that this treatment is not real because <laughs> it was purely because of who I was with. That's why they took me to that room. Private show, the way you are doing to see you eating in public, they took up to the room. Served me nicely. But the person I was told, so I have to go. So when he left, by the time I, the, the grace left, the glory left, the presence left, the mercy left. <laughs> This was gone. The glory was gone. Quickly, I was brought back from the, that private room to the general public area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Family members. So I'm not deceived. 
And, what and Jesus said, that, look, if you do this, I'm trying to explain the presence. I'll be with you. Just have the habit of just carrying out his manner, his mission. Not even James, not even, even bring someone to church, but maybe just make sure that people know Christ. Once you do that, his presence will be with you. And I tell you, when his presence is with you, you'll be surprised. The grace you have, the mercy you have, the glory you see. Suddenly, so that even what you cannot do because of his presence, it will be easy for you. Hallelujah. So, so young people, I'm talking about the presence. You see, if you do this, I'll be with you. I mean, I know you have a lot of problems. You have a lot of issues. I know you are some way. You need mercy, but mercy will come by his presence. I mean, the way you are struggling with mercy, you need grace. Otherwise, you are about to fail. But, <laughs> but when you do that, his mercy will come. His grace will come. Amen. Well, I, I do with people's presence. Yeah. Even my last, this is my recent trip. My last, I was also in the presence of somebody. When, as soon as I got there, the guy picked me. We were, we were in town. We were going from one side of the city to the other side. And those of you who come from Ghana, Accra traffic. It's worse than New York. Hey. Those of you from Accra, Ghana. Accra, Ghana, the traffic. Hey. And the heat. You wonder whether this, whether you are, not even Barbados can compare. I've been to Barbados, I've been to Guyana. Traffic in Accra can't compare. Not even in Moravia. I've been to Moravia before. The thing doesn't move. Predators. <laughs> the thing doesn't move. So, this particular one, I think we're going somewhere. So this my friend came. As soon as he picked me, you know, so where we go? So I'm actually the other side of town. I didn't know what say when we look at there. As soon as I sat in the car, he turned on the thing. I said, hey, look at that. He has a big man now, so he has all the, the gadgets. He put on the, the car, he turned on the siren. Traffic light, everything. We're just zooming to it. I said, aha, this is presence. <laughs> Oh, I, that day I enjoyed the riding Accra. Hey! That's when I realized that nowhere is, fi- no, nowhere is far in Accra. Accra is not a big city. It's a traffic. It's actually not far. It's a very short distance. But because we sit in traffic, so when you put on, I relax. And even when we get close, where the police is, <laughs> continue. Protocol. So, so God is saying, say, my presence. Hallelujah. It's not about the problem. It's not about the issue. It's who is with you. Amen. So I want us to look. It said, do this, and my presence will be with you. Hallelujah. So this month of July, evangelism, just tell somebody about Christ. I mean, if you can bring them to church, great. But that's not even the purpose. I mean, the idea, I mean, if you can, that's, that's a bonus. Tell them, bring them to church on Sunday, come to the neighborhood, talk to somebody, bring the person to church. That's a bonus. But the primary idea is people must be saved. So, by center leaders and center leaders, start your outreaches. 
Amen. Yeah. Number two. I think I've been doing. Soul winning generates joy. Okay? Soul winning generates joy for the believer. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 3. Luke 10, 1 to 3. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them away two and two before his face into every city and place, whether himself will come. Verse 2. Therefore he said unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth more laborers into his harvest. Verse number 3. Go your ways. Behold, I sent you forth as lambs among wolves. So he sent them to go and win souls. Jesus said, go and preach. He sent them to go and win souls. This is what I want you to do. Go and win souls. Then what happened in verse 17? And the 70 returned again with what? They returned again with what? Did they return with tiredness? Did they return with sorrow? Did they return with depression? How did they return? Joy. I'm talking, you see, you are a spirit. One of the activities that generate even joy in your life is when you win a soul. Yeah. It's a spiritual activity that brings joy. Yeah. It's something that will make you happy. As you see that somebody you witness to has given has given life to Christ, it, it brings a certain joy. It, a certain joy that no amount of uh, other circumstances can bring it. They return with joy. So, so, so sometimes we need to take our eyes off our problems and our issues and you find that just by winning souls a certain joy. Joy that you cannot explain. It's like, why are you a preacher? Because preaching brings me a certain joy. A certain joy that no amount of money can gain. You can't pay me to preach. You cannot pay me to preach, I tell you. I just love it. It brings a certain joy. Joy. Yes, it may be painful. You see, see the joy, you see, the joy of winning a soul is similar to the joy of a mother giving birth to a child. I've been to the labor world before. And when they are in labor, come and see them. Screaming, the pain. I mean, I mean, the screaming, the pain. Some of them, some of them, even unfortunately, will poop. You know what people poop where they give back? Ask your mother. <laughs> because you have to push for the baby to come, and the pushing can also make other things come. So, so that you wonder, this nice woman with her long wig and her, and her nails, who, and suddenly you can, and she's pooping on herself. It's not a, a, a grown-up woman pooping on yourself. <laughs> the children are shocked. You don't believe? You can't believe that your mom actually pooped on herself because of your big head. <laughs> Some people, and they, I mean, and they, 
They're insulting their husbands. Blame it on them. I mean, and you would think that you 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 would think that after all after all this, but when the baby comes out, when the baby comes out, you see the joy. You see the smile, and 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 and, 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 and what is interesting, what is amazing is that you would think that because of the pain, they won't go again. But I tell you, I have a witness by the back there. They keep going and going and going and going. You would think, but she keeps going. Meanwhile, in the in the heat of the thing, she'll be insulting him. But after, because there's a certain joy, there's a certain joy. There's a, including even those who say it was a surprise, there's still a joy. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, so winning generates that type of joy. Amen. Yes. Yes. Like a mother giving birth. Yeah. And the final thing I'll share today is, is I spoke to you about Lo, I'll be with you. But in, the, in that same vein, let me, let me see. It also generates support. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 17. No, okay. Yeah, no, look look 15. Look 15. Verse 7. Look at it. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented more than over 99 persons who need no repentance. The Bible says that this is the Bible says that of course, once somebody gives his life to Christ, there's a party in heaven. I say unto you that likewise there shall be joy in heaven over one sinner. It means that when you do something for one sinner to be saved, heaven throws a party. Can you hear me? Now I'm explaining to you. I'm explaining to you why God will back you or why God will support you when you win a soul. Because, listen to me, everybody likes people who make them happy. Don't you like people who make you happy? Don't you like people who make you happy? Why do you want to be around people who make you sad and miserable? Why do you want to be around people who always put you down? Everybody wants to be around those who make them happy. So the Bible says, so if, so if you are involved in an, in an activity that costs parties in heaven and happiness in heaven, then heaven will be there for you. Heaven will back you. Because by nature, everybody, everybody wants to be involved in what will make them happy. That is why some people, you don't go near them again. Because every time you go there, they make you miserable. Including that your cousin. Because every time she calls you, there is a problem. The person seems not to have any good thing to say about you. So at the point, even though you are my cousin, you say, forget it. 
Because nobody can enjoy this type of every time you are putting me down, every time you are putting me down. Every, it's just, some people, eh, some people, eh, every time there's good news about you, they don't comment. I'm preaching. Every time there's good news, they don't comment. But as soon as something bad happens, oh, we are, we are calling on you to see that you are okay. They are lying. They are not calling to see you okay at all. to see whether I'm happy when I got a new job. That one they didn't hear. Why did you call to see if I'm happy when I, when I, got, a pro, when I, got, a, when I got married? That one they didn't hear. But anytime something bad happens to you, they are the first to call. Oh, we are praying for you. They are not praying for you at all. Don't be deceived. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. So by default, we all like to be around people who make us happy. Can somebody hear me? Look, unless unless you are a baboon. Should I explain to you? Unless you are a baboon. Okay, you know a baboon? Or what they call the Babinski response. The, the Babinski response. A baboon. Okay. The difference between a baboon, which is a monkey and a human being, is that when, when you scratch a baboon, like this, with this thing, when you do this, it does this. You understand? A baboon is like this. But when you, when you put something painful, it does this. Do you get it? And when a baby is born, a newborn baby, their nervous system has not developed. Okay, the baby's nervous system has not developed. Like a newborn, their whole system has not developed. So it's more like primitive nervous system, like that of a monkey. So when a newborn is born, and you do this, it does the same thing. That's what, that's what we call a Babinski response. We are nearly medicine. So it's called a Babinski response. It's a sign of the immature nerve. But by the time the baby's a month old, when the nerves have developed, when you do this, it does this. It does the revolver. Okay? You do this, suddenly it pulls away. It does not do this again. It does this. So when after one year or two years, when you do this and the baby's like this, the baby has a brain problem. So one of the times is whether the baby is delayed. Okay? Because you know, the baby has, is delayed. Has a cerebral problem. Because the normal development is that you should do this. But if you do this and does this, it means the baby has a brain problem. It's delayed. Because the Babinski response is supposed to go away. Which I'm trying to tell you that normally every human being, when something is painful, you withdraw. That's a normal reaction. Anything that is painful, you what? So you're not talking to that cousin again. It's not a sign that you're not a Christian. You are behaving like a normal human being. You're redraw. Because every time she comes to you, she brings pain. She brings sorrow. She brings... Right? Every time the person comes around, by the time you are leaving, you are annoyed. Please redraw. You are not a baboon. <laughs> Tell everybody you're not a baboon. <laughs> Babinski. It's not a sign that you're not a Christian. It's not a sign that you're not a believer. That's not what it is. 
Peter Babinski. <laughs> no, it's not a sign. It's not a sign at all. It's not a sign. All, all that you are trying to do is that. I mean, the Bible says, "Mark and avoid something that causes you pain." You move away. That's all. It's a normal response. Are you hearing me? It's a normal response. It's a normal response. So why do you keep on going to the painful situation? No, it's a normal response. So the Bible, so in the same way, anything that makes you happy, you embrace. Anything that makes you happy. Yeah. I, I heard a prophet say, and prophet prophet says all the time, say that he doesn't like argument and quarrel. Anybody who doesn't believe in him, he moves away. He says all the time. He says argument and quarrel and discussion. No. I don't bother. There are many who admire me. So if you're going to be a problem, I move away. I don't want to be near you exchanging words, arguing. Life is too short. Life is too short. Monday to, Monday to Friday, I am tired. Saturday, I want to go and play golf. You want to spend time quarreling with me? Wait! So, what I'm trying to say is that in the same way, Bible said that when you are a soul winner, you make angels are happy. So, because angels are happy, angels will be interested in you. So, when the Bible said he shall give his angels charge over you, it means that they will really want to work with you. But if what you are doing is making them sad, do you think they will come? Hallelujah. So it says in Psalm 91 verse 14. Psalm 91 verse 14. Look at it. The blessing. Brother, look at it. The blessing. He said, because he has set his love upon me. Because you have done what I like. Because you have won the soul. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. You want deliverance? It's not by anointing oil. Take it one thing. It's by setting your love on him. You want the witches in your family to stop chasing you? Set your love on him. I'm preaching to you. I believe in the prophet, I believe in the anointing, but you know, sometimes we go extreme and we don't understand the scriptures. Set your love on him. It says, I will deliver you. And if God delivers you, you have been delivered. If God delivering you is more than the prophet one delivering you. He said, because you are set your love, I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Yeah. People wonder how come Lighthouse Chapel, QS, whatever you want, why are they doing so well? Why are they doing? God is blessing them. Look, we are in 119 nations with over 30,000 uh, churches. We have a lot of buildings. And, 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 and why? Why? I can tell you one of the secrets is that because our prophet, our leader, has one vision to win souls. One. So if you are in this church and you are, you are not a soul winner, then you have not caught the vision of the house. And because of that, the blessing is coming. Yeah. We all buildings in over a thousand, a hundred countries without, without, without a penny, including even this one, we don't own it. That's what I'm talking about. It's a good little class. Yes. There's a certain amount of prosperity in our church. 
which we have not done through fundraising or moguls, but just by setting our love on him. Look, I'm say because I, I, I will deliver him. You need deliverance? Talk to your neighbor. Talk to your colleague. Do what he loves. I will deliver him. I will set him what? On high. Why? Because he has known my name. Next verse. He shall call upon me. Answer prayer. I'm sure the scripture. See, he shall what? He shall what? Call upon me. And what will I do? What will I do? Now let me ask you. Are there some people who have called you that you didn't want you, you want to pick up the phone? Yes. <laughs> this man is a very nice, it's a very nice gentleman. So I don't want to ask me any questions. But even here, I'm sure some people call you, you don't pick up the phone. Hmm? Hmm? That's some people who call you then. Auntie, what about you? That's some people who call you. Say, what you see them? <laughs> see them? I say, mm. I'm talking about this as saints, too. Good Christians. I'm not talking about Fred and Co. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about saints. I'm not talking about Fred. I'm talking about saints. I mean Saint Irene. I know some people that work with that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you just don't want. No. After you are no. <laughs> him. It means that he will answer your prayers. And I tell you, you and I need to call on God. He will call me and I will answer him. I, the, the next part is what I, I will be with him in what? <laughs> Nikki, I will be with him in what? Have you been in trouble before? Huh? Have you, Nikki, have you been in trouble before? I'm talking to you, girl. Trouble? You played us. <laughs> Have you been in trouble before? Yeah. Have you been in trouble before? Yes. Trouble. Have you been in trouble? This one is not no troubles. <laughs> Many times. Many times. He said, "You, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver trouble." See, and there's something about trouble. Is he, I, I want to talk to you honestly. See, when it comes to trouble, eh, when it comes to trouble, you cannot be careful enough. I wish I could say, trouble? Sometimes you don't even know where the wahala comes from. <laughs> it's like the trouble has a way of. Have you been in trouble before? You? Exactly. What about you, my dear? Hmm? I have. I'm trying to say that it's not every trouble that you generate. Sometimes the trouble finds you. You are sitting here somewhere, minding, <laughs> minding your own business. And somehow the trouble has a way of finding you. you ask yourself, this is Wahala Kura, where did they come from? <laughs> I'm preaching. So trouble is not, you see, that is why when I read the scriptures, so, 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 so trouble is not about being careful enough. You cannot be careful enough. on the road. Follow carefully. Stop at the traffic light then out of nowhere. Somebody just bang. And you ask
ask yourself. I obeyed all the rules. You even had your quiet time that morning. And you had a longer quiet time than usual. And it was even during the month of fasting. We were fasting and praying. <laughs> Trouble. I wish I, could, I, I wish I could say that you will not be in trouble. That's a lie. That's what trouble. Wahala. You are sitting yourself quite minding your own business. And, it's not, and what I'm trying to say is not every trouble that you cause. Some trouble just find you. Suddenly, you have been at this workplace for a long time. Then suddenly, one day, somebody come from somewhere. Say, we need to review all the documents. Say, yeah. <laughs> 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 I put you. Well, from when come this? <laughs> we thought it was them after 15 years. This, this matter has been buried. Then they come, this young person, zealous, won't trouble. It's like your whole world is coming to an end now. Say, I will be with him in trouble. I will what? Deliver him. I will what? I said, I want to hear, I will what? And do what? Not only deliver, but honor you. Not only deliver, but what? Not only deliver, but what? Not only deliver, but what? And that's good. I'm talking about God. Because you made him happy. You set your love on him. So, what I'm sharing with us is, as a believer, we are encouraged to win people for the Lord all the time. But in this month of July, let's make a conscious effort so that he will deliver us. He will honor us. He will save us from trouble. When we call upon him, he will answer. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Holy Spirit, begin to pray. Thank God for this. Yes, Lord. Hey, say, will call on me. He will call on me and I will answer. I will be a soul winner. I will, I, will, I, will, I will make God happy. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Today, come on to Jesus, oh God. Come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Sing with me. Come on to Jesus, oh God. Come on to Why you must be a soul winner? For I will be with you, oh God. In trouble, I will deliver you. I will honor you, my Jesus, oh God. Come on to Jesus. Talk to your neighbor about him, oh God. You want to see his mercy? Speak to your classmate about him, oh God. You want to see his favor? Tell a friend about Jesus. Oh Jesus, oh God. Say, 
have set your love on me, I will deliver you. I will answer when you call, oh God. With every head bowed, softly. You are here, you are not born again. The Bible says that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I have only one aim, one job to reconcile you back to God. Because some time ago, I was separated from God. I was separated from God. I didn't know Him. I was destined to go to hell. But somebody preached to me and reconciled me back to God. So on this Sunday afternoon, as you sit in this auditorium, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's not about your mistakes. It's not about your past. It's about a personal relationship. The Bible said that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, you don't know him as your personal savior. It's time to be reconciled. It's time to be reconciled. It's time to be reconciled. To be reconnected back to God. If you want to do that. So that, so that you go to heaven and not hell. If you are serious about that. Whether you are on Zoom or Facebook or here. Wherever you are, please lift up your hand and I'll pray. I'm talking about reconciled to God. Lift up your hand this Sunday morning. Lift up your hand this Sunday afternoon. It's about re being reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Reconciled to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Say this after me. Everybody joining. Heavenly Father. This Sunday afternoon. I come as a sinner. Lord Jesus. Thank you. For saving me. Thank you. That I am reconciled. The Father. Back to the Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hand together for the Lord. Hallelujah. So those of you on Zoom, or please be seated. If you are on Zoom or Facebook and you pray this prayer for the first time, this is a number. Send me a text message and we'll pray the sinner's prayer. We hope you've been blessed. Feel free to join any of our services. Contact us at qfcannouncements at gmail.com. That's qfcannouncements at gmail.com.